The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man or people, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was of he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. On this 12th day of Christmas, and the fifth day in a new year in 2020, I'm aware of how many beginnings and endings are going on. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day hold a kind of threshold space for us. And over the course of a day, we mark the end of one year and the beginning of a new one. And some of us stay up late to celebrate the new year with parties, and then others just let the day ease into another day in the rhythm of another night and another morning. We mark and count this day all around the world. It's our collective time to announce the beginning and ending. And it's easy, I think, in this time to make sweeping statements about the course of a year. In John's Gospel, we start at the beginning, and we also start with a rhythm of a beginning that brings us back to this ancient resonance of the Genesis story, where the earth was formless and void, when the absence of light stretched over the surface of the deep. In the beginning, the Word was present, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the rhythm of this Genesis folds us back into this story. And it's not the fireworks kind of beginning. There's nothing quite so clear and stark as flipping on a light switch and seeing everything illuminated all at once. It's more of a folding back on a threshold space that brings us back into the story of the promises of God's love. And we know God's love for the world through our existence itself. And as our gospel writer says, through the word, through language, God speaks and things happen. 
The language forms image for us, and as language emerges, the image in our beginning separates out lightness and darkness and returns us back to this experience of God. Language into image into experience might be closer to that spark of a flame, their sudden rush of energy, or it can bring us into that transition time, a threshold of a day in the early morning or late evening when the boundaries that separate us out from one another are not so separate or distinct. It's a mystical thing. This text is mystical. It's the way the experience of God becomes language and becomes the word itself. Before thoughts and words emerged in the story, before there was ink to the page, before we had a language to communicate the story of love, the word was present. Before there was a beginning, before everything happened, there was the word. We like beginnings to mark time. We know the length of a year, the duration, the cycles of months and seasons. But in this story, there's no finality to the beginning, no before or after. There's simply light and the promise of light to enlighten all things. And we are made of that light and we contain that spark of the divine light. And we are light bearers in this world. Our lives in the course of birth and death and all the life we live is part of that light of God. In the places I think we see God and see the face of God, the face of light, our holy places in this world. Years ago, I was given a book for Christmas uh, called The Faces of Jesus by Frederick Buechner. So it may be a premature gift in high school, but it seems to fit in the calling. And Beekner compiled photographs of images of Jesus by artists throughout centuries and around the world, on carvings, paintings, sculptures. And they all expressed a different face of Jesus, a face of God through human beings. And these images render such a breadth in the face of Jesus, imagined in more ways than there are people in this world. And at the time, there was one that really captivated me. Um, there's a photograph of a small West African carving, a uh, face of Jesus with a crown of thorns around his head. And the wood is dark, mahogany-colored, polished bright, so the light reflects off the forehead and the cheeks, highlighting the nose and this part. The eyes themselves recede a little bit into the shadows, and there's almost a weary look behind them. And then in the green of the wood in his face, there's a line that's exposed and it traces down his cheek. And it looks almost as if there's a tear running down his face. I think there's emotion in art, a way humanity speaks through a carving or a painting, communicating a little piece of the divine through God, through the expression of the face of Jesus. Through art, too, we get a glimpse at ourselves in the world with the face of Jesus. These paintings, the word too, they're a revelation in the divine spark, a portrait of the true light that came to enlighten the whole world. The art creates the face of Jesus for us, not as a biographical depiction, but as an opening to see the face of God again and again. And this face inspires human creation and human art to continue revealing God with us. These images, so clearly human, are glimpses into the face of Jesus, 
the face of God. The holy images allow us a window into the faces around us, the faces as I'm looking at all of you to know God through each other. And after John's prologue, after the beginning and separating language and image, and after the course of this passage, there's a question that we find in the end. Um, the people are asking John, who are you? And I am reminded of how many ways we try and ask that question. And we go around it with, where are you from? And who is your family? And what do you enjoy doing? I think we can define ourselves up in so many intersectional ways and illuminate our particularities, our desires, our whole selves. And we get to a pretty good description of ourselves, one that we can sum up with an idea or a phrase or a background or even an existential answer. This light, to be light in the world, it's a claim on us. It's a definition and more. It's a calling, because we are people who bear the light, and we endure unimaginable things. You're called to God through word and water, through life itself. Who are you? And if the answer is light, it is more than a definition, more than an answer. It's, an, it's a question that leads us deeper into ourselves and into the world. Oh, who are you? as people who are enlightened by the true light, who witness the light coming into the world, not marked in time and human structures, but by the possibility of God. Who are you in this calling to be light? Light does not dispel all the darkness, but light makes it so that the darkness is softened and it does not consume us and devour us. This light, the life, God with us through Jesus does not erase the heavy, hard grief loss and the suffering in the world, but it is a healing light, a source of warmth and present, and we are not lost. Darkness is always present, but it is the presence of light that changes what we see. The light gives us shape and contour of God's presence Light does not eliminate darkness, but the presence of light softens the edges of the cruelty and violence in this world of human beings against human beings. In the worst of times, the promise of God's light and God's love is with us. We are sparks of that light, and there is hope in God's presence even when we cannot see it ourselves. The light shines in the darkness. And although this light shines and the heavy, hard, heartbreaking darkness and depth are still present, we live in this experience in a story of love. And light over does not, the darkness does not overcome the light. As Jan Richardson says, we are bearers of the light in unbearable times, and we endure the unendurable. And you bear the light of God your presence, your light, your care and love are sparks of that same divine energy. You're made up of this stuff of God. And this defines us as a people of faith, defines whatever happens in the world, whatever happens to ours, our bodies, our lives. And beyond a definition, it gives us a way in the world. We are the spark of the divine, and that is powerful stuff 
to be claimed as light bearers of the world. And God's presence of light in your life is a story of love folded into the story of love through the word, through God, present through all beginnings, through all times, through all thresholds and all transitions. You bear the light. You endure the unendurable. And you are forever folded into God's love. Thanks be to God.